Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. Are you a woman who's ready to excel in her career and her life? Are you ready to be a professional saleswoman by using your inherent qualities? Are you a woman who wants to be better prepared for a leadership position? Then you're in the right place. Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman. It's about women in business, work-life balance, leadership, and current events related to gender communications. Be prepared to be inspired, motivated, and challenged. Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman is your connection to women nationally, internationally, and globally. So get comfy and see what the buzz is all about. Find out more at www.sellinginaskirt.com. Now, your host, Judy Hoberman, on C-Suite Radio. It was May 2009 when the company I had resigned from in March finally let me go. My phone, my computer, and my brain were blowing up with voicemails, emails, and internal chatter. What did they do to you? Why won't you stay? Those were the questions I got from the field that I was leaving. What did I do was the question I asked myself and realized that the question wasn't a negative one. It was an amazing one because I had jumped headfirst with no cushion, no parachute into the world of being an entrepreneur. A little more than 50 years ago, the ideal career path in America looked very different than it does today. Young people dreamt of graduating college, landing a job with a stable company, a company where they could put down their roots, build a career over two or three decades. They longed for the certainty of punching the time clock, doing the same routine year in, year out, and earning a gold watch and a comfortable pension for retirement. But the times have changed. Today, the American dream for many is one filled with risk and uncertainty, a dream built on independence and ingenuity. It's the dream of entrepreneurship. When I first decided to create a new business, admittedly, I had delusions of grandeur. I came from a world where you don't give up and failure is not an option. And no, I didn't grow up like that. I created that world myself. It may have seemed like a fantasy world to many, but it worked for me. 
other than two years in my professional life, I've always been self-employed, working as an independent contractor on straight commission. I'm a hard worker and definitely believed in myself and my abilities. And I always knew that I wouldn't starve because I could work just a little harder if I needed something. But it wasn't just me that I had to worry about. For the first half of my career, I was balancing my work life with the responsibilities of a single mom raising two amazing children. And although having the kids at home meant I had to earn enough to support the three of us, they also helped me set and achieve goals that were higher than those I might have set for just me. For example, the very first time the three of us went on vacation together back in the 90s, I let the kids choose where they wanted to go. You think they wanted a staycation with mom? Fat chance. They chose Aruba. Once I figured out the flights, hotel, and everything else, it was turning into a very pricey trip. Now, I didn't want to have credit card bills for months after that, so I made a goal to earn enough extra money before we left to pay for the entire trip. And I did. It was a wonderful vacation and an even better experience knowing that when we came home, there were no extra bills. So that's basically my MO. If I need something, I get it done. And that's been true for most of my adult life. And then I took a detour in my career and accepted a position in corporate America for which I earned a bi-weekly paycheck. What a weird concept. If you worked more or harder, you didn't get rewarded. If you worked less or did nothing, you didn't lose your earnings. How was that possible? Why did anyone want someone else to dictate what they were worth and when they had to work and whether they could take time off or forbid them for watching their child's sporting event? That type of regimen and structure, along with the typical workplace drama, soon led to my resignation. So there I was, unemployed and having to start all over again. Now, my kids were grown, they were out of the house, and so there I was fending for myself. My head was swimming with questions, and for the first time, I experienced self-doubt. What do I do? How do I do it? What will bring in revenue? How do I decide who I want to be when I grow up? And in my case, I found a business coach who helped me lead the right path to be on. And although I have worked as an independent contractor for my entire career, I did not fully embrace entrepreneurship until just a few years ago. So starting your own business is more than being courageous and a risk taker. There are huge responsibilities involved both financially and emotionally. And being an entrepreneur can be lonely at times. You are by yourself. You are just with you. You are creating, building, executing, growing, and in between, you're actually with other people. But there are some questions that you can and should ask yourself to decide if this is the right path and if you think this is your passion and purpose and if it's a viable business. But ultimately, you should do a lot of soul searching before starting a business. Is it something you've been dreaming about and talking about for months or even years? Has the idea been keeping you up at night? Or did one of your friends start a business and you figured they're making money and it looks like fun? You need to be honest here. Starting a business is no easy task and it isn't a hobby. Now, let me say that again. It's not a hobby. You'll be spending vast amounts of your time, your energy, your family's time and your money on getting your business off the ground. So please, before you cut the ribbon and join the chamber, be really sure that this is what you want. Remember the saying, do what you love and love what you do. You don't want to fail this test and it's not graded on a curve. So if you've decided that you really do want to be an entrepreneur and you really can answer questions why you want to do that, then go for it. Because remember, almost every successful person begins with two beliefs. The future can be better than the present, and I have the power to make it so. We're going to take a short break to thank our sponsor, Walking on the Glass Floor. And when we come back, you're going to hear from my guest who will share his thoughts about taking that entrepreneurial journey. This is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio, and we'll be right back. What happens after shattering the glass ceiling? You're now walking on the glass floor. Walking on the Glass Floor, Seven Essential Qualities for Women Who Lead is a timely and indispensable business guide for all women, whether you're moving out of a dorm room or moving into an executive suite. 
Introducing readers to the seven keys to success in business and life, Judy Hoberman brings her fresh voice, sales savvy, and thoughtful approach to each of the essential and most powerful leadership qualities. Written in her trademark no-nonsense glass-half-full prose, Judy's blueprint for business teaches all women how to cultivate and strengthen key skills that will serve them in both business and life. Uncover amazing qualities they already possess that will help them lead and succeed and harness universal leadership qualities to continue reaching their full potential. By providing authentic real-life case studies and inspiring quotes throughout, Judy fills each page with the timely advice women need right now. Walking on the glass floor is like having Judy Hoberman sitting right next to you as your business mentor, personal life coach, and best friend all at the same time. You can order your own copy of the book at walkingontheglassfloor.com. Welcome back to Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio. Now it's time for my very special guest, Casey Clark. As a motivated business leader, Casey is a passionate entrepreneur who got his start owning a home service franchise. After nearly a decade, he successfully exited his role with 90 plus franchise owners and over 600 plus employees. Well, he went on to create Cultivate Advisors with his partner. As the CEO of Cultivate, his team has helped thousands of owners reach their growth objectives through core business skill development and scalable systemization. In 2019, Cultivate ranked number 280 on the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing companies. The mission of Cultivate Advisors is to partner with committed entrepreneurs in propelling their business beyond expectations. Where were you when I needed you, Casey? (laughs) Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. So let's talk about the discussion of the day, having what it takes to be an entrepreneur. What do you think when you hear that? (laughs) Grit, right? Do you have enough grit to go through the ups and downs, right? Most business owners, they have a passion. Either they think they can do the industry better, or they have a dream of something they want for their life, or maybe they saw others and their family be entrepreneurs before. Those are the three reasons why you see somebody make the jump, all in pursuit of autonomy or wealth or whatever the goals may be. But what often business owners find is when they get in, it comes with so much more than that because you have to learn how to lead all the different hats. It's being great as a generalist. And there's just not that many people out there that are, are good at creating that type of success so quickly. So it takes a ton of grit to work through that massive up and down curve that all of us, you know, and I'm sure you've experienced, Judy, we all go through. Okay. So when somebody decides that, okay, I need to do this, I need to jump. And, and most of us go into entrepreneurship jumping from something else. And a lot of it is jumping from a, you know, a, what I call air quote, real job. Sure. So how difficult is it to make that decision? Because I think there's a lot of people that have that side hustle that they want to do, but they're deathly afraid of it. How hard is it to do? Well, you know, it's interesting. I was, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine actually just this last weekend. And the conversation was, I'm, I'm thinking about quitting my job and thinking about running a business. What would be your advice if I was actually going to do that? And I said, well, most decide to quit their job and say, I'm going to go run the business and then build the business plan. That's actually, although it sounds counterintuitive, that's what most people go and do. Mm-hmm. The opposite mm-hmm. is actually slow down. You have to go create your plan. You have to put all the systems in place. You have to go forecast out what the financials look like, really understand what type of revenue you're going to need and what type of expenses are going to go out. Because ultimately, a business is really fueled by the financial engine. You know, We have a propeller we talk about. And in order to make that propeller move as your business, you have to know the financials are in place. So if you're not skilled in financials, and if you don't have a clear financial performa laid out over the next year minimum of what this is going to look like, and really have that vetted by people who know this industry and have seen it before, you have no business starting that business. This is not something I would start with. So I would say slow yourself down and do the planning first all the way before you make that jump. That'd be my biggest piece of advice. 
Do you think that's the biggest mistake that entrepreneurs make? Yes. I mean, we meet with most businesses that have got their business off the ground, right? Majority of the clients we work with are just over 200,000 in revenue all the way to 10 million. And I can tell you from $200,000 business owners up to $10 million business owners, majority are not in tune with what's happening in their financials. They think because they have an accountant and they look backwards that they know business. But the biggest route that holds people back from scale is actually looking forward on financials and knowing how to do that operationally. So yes, I think that's the biggest weakness for most business owners. Okay. So if I'm an entrepreneur and I'm a solopreneur and I know exactly where I want to be and I don't need to tell anybody anything because it's just me, it's always going to be just me. That's the way I want it. Blah, 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 blah. Do I still need a business plan? Yes. Absolutely. Even even more so. The amount right. of the amount of leadership and scrutiny you have to lead yourself, that's twice as hard as leading others. Very easy to cast judgment towards someone else, right? And say, you're not achieving these objectives or you're not, you know, pursuing X, Y, and Z that we laid out for the outcomes together of having you employed. You have to somehow coach yourself if you don't have somebody, you know, advising or coaching you to bring yourself to understand what has to happen each day. You know, the solopreneur stage for us is our called our hustler stage. The only way to get out of that stage is to hustle. You have to out hustle everyone. And if you don't want to get out of that stage and you want to stay as a solopreneur, that's great too. But you have to hustle to get to a level to where it's so scalable and so leverageable for your time to probably make it worth it. The reality is it's more expensive to run as a solopreneur. So as a solopreneur, the thing that we see people really make this mistake on is they don't realize that they have to set goals daily. That's the level of tension that solopreneurs need to hold. They think instead that most business owners should be leading monthly or quarterly objectives. That really doesn't happen until you get further along in the entrepreneurial journey. So our our initial request is to always stay front and center with daily goals and that much scrutiny in terms of practically micromanaging yourself is how you'll get over the line. Okay. So you have something called a business scorecard. Do you think that that would be sufficient in at least starting an entrepreneur out without a true business plan? It can definitely help, right? Uh, Our scorecard is more for an entrepreneur that's been off and going and they can go in and actually do an assessment of where they're at. I will tell you that scorecard can be really helpful to just get an idea of what are all the things I'm going to need to know or all the different things I'm going to need to be able to navigate as a business owner. And that'll help give you a bit of a crash course to go, am I really willing to go after this learning experience? Right? Am I really willing to go after this charge of becoming my own boss and leading myself? For sure, that can help. But I would say what people really need is that business plan. You can go find somebody if you don't know how, have somebody help you build a plan. And people hear business plan, they go, oh, it's a you know 60-page brief. With all. It's not. It's two or three simple tabs on Excel, or it's one or two pages that walk through high-level strategy of how you're going to attract clients, how you're going to deliver either your product or service to those clients, and then what's the output of financials going to mean? And how's that work daily, weekly, monthly, and annually? And once those things are identified, you're pretty clear on how to move forward. Awesome. Okay. So let's talk about your business, Cultivate Advisors. What's it all about? Yeah. So high level, we believe that business owners need a co-pilot. So for us, we come in and we become the co-pilot for these business owners. We work directly with the owners. We work with them from anywhere about 5 to 10 hours a month. And we're there for one reason, to help navigate the end destination and help guide them to that destination. We don't take any equity as most advisors do. And we come in and say, we're going to work with you and we're not going to stop working with you until we get to that destination. At a high level, that's what we do every day. Okay. So when I was peeking all around your website, because I'm a little snoop sometimes, sure. you talk about how each entrepreneur goes through the five stages of their journey. And I'm sure that hustler was number one. Yes. So can you give us a little peek into why you do that? And what's the expectation for the entrepreneur who's sitting there to give them a starting point and to increase them? Or what is it about? Well, every entrepreneur has their own dream and their own goal. 
So we help that entrepreneur identify what do they really want. And because we work with so many different entrepreneurs of all different sizes, what we're able to do is help show them. So you're saying you want this. Let me walk you through what a day in that life may feel like, what your org chart might look like, how this might be structured. And so often owners will say, oh my gosh, I don't want that. That's actually, actually, I, I have no desire for that. What it'll take to get there is not actually what you want to do. And so we first find out what's going to make them happy, right? What's the critical thing? It usually involves money, people, and time. Those are usually the three things that people make decisions on. Once we get clear on that, those stages are really just a framing system for people to understand this is where I'm at. And this tells me what to focus on because entrepreneurs, especially solopreneurs, they come out of the gates and they think they got to focus on everything. It's not true. As a solopreneur, as a hustler stage, you've got to be really good at two to four things. When you get to our next stage, which is the experimenter stage, you've got to be good at two to four things. And it's knowing what to focus on based on what time of the business growth. And for that reason, that's why we use those stages to help communicate that with our growing client community. So where do you find that most of your clients come in at? What stage? Yeah, a lot of them are experimenters and visionaries. We definitely have in all five, but I would say majority of the folks that come work with us are just starting to hire those first few employees or they've hired some employees and they're trying to just now start to bring in a leadership team of some kind. Those are really the two places that we come in the most, but we definitely work with solopreneurs. What I would say is if solopreneurs that are hustlers phases are coming to us, they should have a desire to want to grow past the solopreneur. There's some really great business coaches out there that can help folks that are wanting to stay in the solopreneur and maximize. We're just such a high growth company. Most of our companies have grown easily 30% year over year last year and on and on and on. So they've really got to have high growth goals for our service to make sense. Okay. So have you heard that a lot of entrepreneurs play small oh, as yeah. opposed to... Okay. So when somebody comes to you and they and you know, you're having your initial conversation and they say, mm-hmm. well, where are you? What do you want to do? And, and they say to you, well, I, I keep getting told that I play too small. Mm. What do you say to them? Get big? <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily. That doesn't mean that's what they want, right? There's ways to get big in, diff- in different ways of your life in terms of different areas of the business. What I do think is important is that people don't think about the exit strategy. They don't think about what's it going to mean 10 years from now and what you want now it's working, but is it going to be good for you in five to 10 years? I think the beautiful part is we have this assortment of advisors all over the US and Canada that have all ran businesses. That's the first prerequisite for anyone to come into our organization and work for us. And so these owners, they have the experience to be able to look at them and go, look, I've experienced these different stages. Can we just think blue sky today? Can you give us an hour? And can we go think, what could it really look like? And we'll paint those pictures. And we do find that we get people to start to think a little bigger or hide behind the bushes. And both responses are okay. Again, it's for us letting them understanding where is it they want to go and how do we get them there. And you're right. Most are playing small. Our goal is usually to set up the clients to share us with what's the five-year goal. And then our advisors are trying to figure out how to get them there in two years versus five years. And that's kind of an internal strategy we have that helps them think just a little bit bigger. But they usually need some success and some confidence to get openness to really go bigger. Okay. So do you think it's ever too late to start out being an entrepreneur? No. Age-wise? No. I think I, I don't know if this is true, but I think our oldest client is in their late 60s. So no, I have I have no issues with that. And I, I, I don't think there's any time issue or, or timeline of age that dictates your ability or your capacity of being successful as an entrepreneur. Okay. So we've always heard that entrepreneurs can't afford to invest in themselves, you know, especially when you're starting out, you just don't have the funds or whatever. But here's what I hear and here's what I think. If you don't invest in yourself, you're going to always play small and you're never going to be able to get out of your own way because sometimes we self-sabotage. Sure. So what do you what do you say to those that say, well, I just can't afford to, to work with you? In terms of working with us when they want to hire us? Is that what you mean? It could be working with you or working with you know any coach. 
Sure. Don't you think that people should, they should find the funds to invest in themselves somehow? Well, look, people spend a lot of money on, on university or graduate degrees, right? To set themselves up for a career. They spend mounts and mounts of money. They don't realize it on their job. And the way they do that is with time, developing in mm-hmm. time and companies. That's more expensive than, than university. So when you think about all the time people put in to become a good employee or a good leader within a corporate opportunity, gosh, if you're not willing to go put eight, ten, fifteen thousand dollars into your own business and develop and invest in yourself for someone that's done it before to show you how to do it, yeah, there's a pretty slim chance you're gonna get off the ground and you're gonna figure it out. That is something we continue to see. Although it sounds like a lot of money when you're just getting going, it's a very small amount of money in the grand schemes of what you will create if you are successful. I remember starting out and I remember not knowing anything that I really needed to do. And I also yeah. remember that I didn't have the funds for a business coach, but I found it. I found the money because out. you had to. Yep. You had to. You hustled it. Yeah, that's what it is. You hustle it. Okay, so you achieved being number 280 on Inc.'s 5,000 list of faster growing companies. So congratulations to you, you and your entire team. Yes, thank so you. So what was it that got you to that point? And what does that say about your company? Because it isn't just about the growth. My big secret is I hire really, really good people. <laughs> so people often ask like, how'd you get there? It's like, well, we hired great people. And why are they great? They're all entrepreneurs, right? When you fill up a room for our company of only entrepreneurs that are passionate about helping other entrepreneurs, there's going to naturally be a fire that exists within that culture. But you know what we tell our clients is this, you're only going to stay with us if we're helping you grow. Our goal is to be one of the fastest growing business advising companies in the world. The only way that's going to happen is we know we help you grow. So what it really says is our companies keep growing. All of our clients, our, our community of these thousands of business owners, they're all growing and they're moving. That's why they're staying with us. And that's why we continue to grow at such an accelerated rate. Wow. That's awesome. Okay. So here's something that I absolutely loved. I mean, I loved a lot of things on your website, but I love this one, especially because you said something about you recently just had your annual Catapult Conference in which you brought in over 300 entrepreneurs in Chicago. And you had an award night for some of your best performing clients. Of that, the entire panel of 12 was made up of inspiring women. Yeah, that was really cool. And the men got the hint that they needed to catch up. So (laughs) two-part question, what made these women so inspiring? And the second is, how do these men catch up? Yeah, well, you know, I don't know if I know the answer to the second one. I I think it's a little bit of laziness, uh, (laughs) transparently. But yeah, we do this great awards night. And uh, we had all these clients got to nominate themselves. And then our team votes on them. And it just no one really knew what was happening until we got to the end. And we were going through the awards night. And everybody stood up and we get, it's all women. (laughs) What the heck's going on here? There definitely was a fun, fun kind of uh, conversation that night. It was like, uh, women are starting to take over the, the world of entrepreneurship. And look, we see that. We have more and more women advisors joining our team. We have more and more... We see more and more females. It used to be closer to like 2 in 10 entrepreneurs we would meet would be female. I feel like it's closer to 4 or 5 out of 10. Getting close to that in terms of either that's who we're attracting, but more importantly, I just think there's more women empowering themselves to go, I'm going to go run a successful business. And I think it's super inspiring and really cool to see. Well, I think that was awesome. And I was reading that. I was going, yay. Well, that's a good thing. I love yeah, that. It was awesome. Okay. So th- let's talk about that for a second. The women entrepreneurs that are really trying to do big things and and they could be working with you now or later or have been or whatever. Do you find that women struggle a little bit more because the capital is not available to them as easily or readily as it is to men? I don't know if I'm an expert to know is if, if more capital is coming to women or men. I do think that people take out capital too soon. 
They don't understand all the different types of capital. So if we're talking about funding in terms of you know private funding, that's obviously based on the individual skill and the ability to find people to, to get the attraction to the business. If we're mm-hmm. talking about banks and, and other forms of financing, what I find is really people are taking out money and not knowing what to do with it. The core fundamental that we see is the skill level. And so maybe you could argue and say, well, some of these financiers are maybe a little nervous about the skill level of women business owners, or they haven't lended to as many women business owners in the past. And it's a bit of a new age. And I could maybe buy into that. But I would say this, if you are able to outline clearly how this business works, and you are able to lay out strongly what skills you have in terms of all the hats you have to wear as a business owner, and you can bring in an advisor from our company or, or someone else, doesn't have to be from us, and be able to vouch for you to say, let me walk you through their model and really talk the, the levels of business required of what's going to get the person to the end goal. I think there's absolutely a possibility to get that business financing. And we hear businesses all the time that can't get the money. But after we reshape the business, after we restructure it a few ways, it's then eligible to get some type of capital raise depending on what the goals of the business is. So can't speak directly to women receiving the funding or not. I don't know. But what I will tell you is that we have not seen that once we get into the details and really work the business to show how it's going to be a profitable opportunity. That's awesome. So what are you most proud of about Cultivate Advisors? I would say if I had to pick one thing, it would be coming down to with our clients, we continue to see them grow in double digits year over year. I mean, I think our top business grew by 286% year over year last year. That's really exciting. And so it's one thing for us to put this dream out as a bunch of entrepreneurs that have come together to run this business and say, we're going to help businesses grow. It's another to actually see it happening. I mean, lives changed, incomes changed for folks, their ability to you know, have a work-life balance as an entrepreneur. Those are those success stories we get to hear day in and day out. And I got to tell you, it's addicting. And it's why I think me and my team wake up every day and do what we do. Awesome. So now, do you still are you still an active advisor or are you more of an advisor to all of your advisors? I have a leadership team that leads the advisors, sets them up, trains them. So, you know, they are running that world. I do still have most like most of the executives in our company. I do still have my two or three clients that I'm advising. And that's because we set goals and we haven't hit them yet. So I've been working with them now for four or five years. They've started to become friends and I just couldn't imagine not being able to keep working with them. So we do have a belief, a bit of a player coach mentality as we keep growing and scaling the business. Awesome. So what's next for you? Well, this has still got all my attention. You know, for the next few years, that's definitely where we're focused. I would say at a high level, we're definitely starting to look at new segments for the business. Uh, And what I mean by that is looking at other opportunities to potentially come in and make capital investments ourselves into these businesses and really partner with people in a completely different way to get some really epic scale and growth for the right businesses. But right now, it's all about how many advisors can we find that have the experience and the expectations that we believe it takes to be successful. And that's really where majority of our focus is at right now. Excellent. So how can our listeners connect with you, find out all the amazing things that you're doing and take the quiz to find out where they are in their entrepreneurial journey? Yeah. So you just said it. There's a great quiz online. It'll let you figure out what step, what stage of the journey are you in, help you identify maybe some pain points or other areas that you want to focus on. From there, based on what your stage is, we'll send you a few more details and resources you can use. And one of the coolest opportunities is if you come in and fill that out, we will actually reply back and offer you two free hours and we'll select the right advisor for you based on your background and based on your current pain points. So you can get two free hours to experience what it means to work with an advisor. That's great. I love that. What's the best way for somebody to say to you, Casey, I want to work with you. Do they, should they go through the quiz or should they just contact you and say, I really think that you're the person I need to work with? You, not you necessarily, but one of the advisors. Sure. You can jump on our website and go to the contact us and send an inquiry and we'll be on the phone with you really fast. That's absolutely one way. But I do think that entrepreneur quiz is a really good way to start because it just gets your mind already going and thinking about some of those pain points. So when we do jump on the call with you, 
it'll help you just spark those conversations easier to go. This is what's really frustrating for me right now, or this is what I'm loving in terms of running the business right now. Okay. So last question for you. What's the best piece of advice you can share with women in leadership positions who are entrepreneurs, but they're leading teams? Honestly, what I would say is that you're no different. You have all the potential and all all the opportunities as men. And if you're ever in a situation where you don't feel that way, including a client or any form or shape, walk away from it. You don't need it. There's too many people that do believe in the abilities of women uh, and that you're no different. And that's why half our team is in leadership are women and half our advisors are women. Uh, You're more than capable. So don't let yourself think any other way. Ah, That's a conversation for another day because we all know what goes on into our minds. They're complex, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yes, they are. Well, Casey, I want to thank you so much for sharing the mic with me. You've got tremendous information. You're doing amazing things. And I hope we can create some adventures together. Awesome. Thanks, Judy. Appreciate it. Thank you. And I want to leave everyone with this quote from Sarah Blakely. She said, be willing to make mistakes. The worst thing that can happen is you become memorable. I thank you all for listening to our discussion where we share some extraordinary guests, some ideas for your business and ways to stand out as the amazing women that you are. Now, make sure you stay connected with us. And remember, women want to be treated equally, not identically. Until next time, this is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio. Like what you just heard, visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.